Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Man, how you doing? Eden, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing, everybody? How you doing? Martin, why are you being so quiet right now? Somebody say something about some Martin? Yeah, you. Why are you being so quiet? So, well, I was being quiet because my, my chair, I had to mute myself. My stupid chair keeps squeaking. Oh, I asked. How you doing? Oh. Well, how about this? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today, pardon Cornbread's horrible introduction. He still hasn't learned that. Anyway, I've got a story to tell you. So I was laughing my butt off earlier. I was watching an episode of A Different World. What's Best that? Best show ever. <laughs> what is that? Is this I told you about it before, remember? Mm. Best show in the entire world. Maybe. Best show ever. I've never heard. I don't know. Remind me what the show was. Historically Black College. And it was a spinoff of The Cosby Show. Oh. Yes. Okay. Started in, in the late 80s. I remember. Yeah. Now. Okay. And it's very important because uh, it shows... Uh, it shows historically black college uh, Hillman. Um, it's a fictional university, but it's based. It has physical locations on real HBCUs. But anyway, there's this episode. I think season five, called "Prisoner of Love." <gasps> <All right>. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh my god. Damn. <laughs> Why I was laughing is like, so. There's this character named Ron. Ron gets a job at a temp agency, and his job <laughs> is to be a janitor or a custodial whatever assistant at a woman's dormitory. So, Ron goes in, he's doing his job, and there's this guy who just got out of prison. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. He just got out of prison because uh, he's friends with one of the girls in the dorm, and the guy who just got out of prison, Jamal, Jamal's like, man, it must be great having a job. Ron's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, what kind of job? And he's like, man, I'd be happy if I could just make $2 an hour. And Ron's like, what? <laughs> so Ron, <laughs> Ron offers the guy $2.50 an hour while he's making like, what, probably $6 Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How is this black legal? Because Ron is always, Ron always has like some sort of scheme. Ron's always scheming. Oh man, yeah, he, he I love, he's funny, but he, yeah, he's, he's, he's a hustler, man. He is. Do you remember the one where he's the phone sex operator? Whoa, what season is that? I haven't got that far yet. Oh my God. I don't, have you, I, listen, I've seen every, that was my favorite show growing up and the one where he is the phone sex operator is my favorite one. It's one of my favorite ones. Cause I think Daryl Bell is so fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're listening, husband. What are you doing here? Listen, Daryl Bell is, okay, we're going way off topic, but A Different World has one of the best looking casts in the history of television. Okay. Everybody, and, and Jasmine, yeah. Guy, Jasmine Guy and Lisa Bonet so. and Cree Summer and um, oh yeah talented too talented oh, yeah. too but the women of a different world are probably how i realized i was bisexual full disclosure when i was a child oh wow so I, yeah yeah i could see so that mm-hmm all of those women and and just the most beautiful women on the earth and i forgot the name of the actress who plays kim 
Kim. Um, Kim, Kim. Oh my god, I forgot. Oh, her name. Yeah, she's actually from Com uh, Columbus, Ohio, too, in the uh, yeah. show. Um, and she can sing, and she's gorgeous, and I forgot her name. Oh, yeah, it's funny. When Patty LaBelle was on, she's like, honey, you need Kimberly Reese. She's going to be a doctor. She's going to work on your heart and your hair, baby. <laughs> she's like, she's got those those pretty teeth. She's got Kimberly Reese. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. I wish I knew. Him. I wish I knew anything of what y'all were fucking talking so, about. So wait, really quickly, I brought up I brought up School Days with Spike Lee. Yeah. So school Days is where half the cast came from. So Daryl Bell and Jasmine Guy and Kadeem Harrison came from School Days. Oh yeah, I gotta see the movie now. You really I like do. I, like, I love Dwayne Wayne's character in there in different well, world. He is so so different in School Days, and so is um, Jasmine Guy, and so is Daryl Bell. They're completely different, and they came together from School Days, and then got onto a different world and oh my gosh sorry see by the way season six will blow your mind of a different world well yeah i'm loving uh jada pinkett's jada pinkett's character lena she reminds me of me <laughs> oh jada pinkett was um, have have you seen the one um with tupac yet yeah i actually have back in the day i saw that one okay yeah that's that show is my favorite show. I was just telling somebody that's my favorite show on earth forever and ever and ever and nothing will ever beat it ever. Yeah, it's just it's so important too to mm -hmm. American television. It is, and they covered apartheid, race, oh, yeah. colorism. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was an excellent show about the uh when they talked about Sinbad's like if the girl says no, then it means no, don't go to prison. It it's one hell of a good uh speech. Yes, and and Cree Summer did such a great perform. Oh my god, I love, I love her. her voice. It's, yeah, this show sounds like it handled a lot of that shit better than a lot of the other kind of like mainstream fucking sitcoms and shit at the time. Like, yeah. like Saved by the No, Saved by the Bell wasn't that bad. Which was the what, what was the shitty one show that uh, Kirk Cameron got his oh, start? God. Oh, Growing Pains. Family Ties. Oh, Growing Pains. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the? <laughs> remember the fucking episode oh. that martin showed me it was like the anti-drug one where he's like he, it's he's like at a party and he's like older girls invite him to and they're at this house and they're like they're offering him drugs and shit and okay. yeah okay, like cocaine yeah. and he's like you want to go in the bathroom and <laughs> yeah and he's, he's like, like no, <laughs> no. And no, then he's, and he's with three other two other dudes and he's like don't do that man. He's like, yeah. don't do and he runs he he leaves. He leaves this fucking party and at the end of the episode there's like this really weird like anti-drug message where he's just like standing there in front of like this dark screen and he's like staring deadpan at the camera and he's like he goes on about like you may think I'm not cool but you're wrong. And there's just like this awkward silence about him like being not cool because he didn't do drugs. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the Growing Pains episode with Hot Babes offering free cocaine. Yeah, that one. That's, that's because you have to understand, and this is where I'm going to age myself. I came up under the Nancy Reagan. I was I was like growing up during the Just Say No campaign. We got mm. Dare mm -hmm. T-shirts. We had. I remember the floor. I remember Dare. Me too. Yeah. But they, the Nancy Reagan era was just say no. And that's all we got. It was shoved down our throats. So we had to, like, that's what we watched on television. That's what we got in elementary school. 
And I mean, granted, I remember the election of George H. W. Bush, which was horrifying. Bush um, the first. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I was a kid, but like that was I mean, we got that when I was like in kindergarten. They were they were giving us this, Oh like, yeah. I was in fourth grade. How wait, how old oh, wait are you? Wait a minute. How old I was in first you? grade? I voted for Bush because my parents did. But I went to an all black school and everybody else voted for Clinton. Elementary school. Wait, how old are you? I'm thirty six. Okay, so we're we're very close. I'm thirty nine. Okay. I'm the youngest. Yeah, yeah, so you're <laughs> I'm so young. <laughs> you're a little baby. I will baby. Don't oh, you know. baby. <laughs> yeah, so you remember like the first Iraq war and all that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so then no wonder you remember a different world. Okay. Yeah, that's that's so funny. When when George Herbert Walker Bush was um running, I went to a majority Jewish school. They said all the Jews vote for Dukakis because his wife was Jewish. <laughs> oh wait, you told me about that once. And I was like, and I was very young, and my dad was like to my mom, why did you pull her out of Montessori? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you put her in public Because I went to public school then. And they were like, and at that time it was kind of mixed. There weren't as many. Well, it was pretty. Well, no, no, no. At that point it wasn't as Jewish. But yeah, they were like, Jewish people vote for Dukakis. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and Dukakis was obviously also terrible. But I mean, his wife happened to be Jewish. But yeah, 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 yeah. Did you, did you know that? We have officially gone exactly 10 minutes without even introducing you. <laughs> Can I? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> and I just kind of let it go by. I'm just staring at, like, the recording time. Sorry. You can edit all of this Oh, stop. Yeah. Gosh. No, I'm keeping Come it. Bread. I'm keeping it all in. Um, so this is Eden. Hi, Eden. Hi. Welcome to Bible study. How are you? Oh my god, so good. I'm here to like light everyone in flames. <laughs> right. As you must be a revelator. <laughs> <laughs> so, um <laughs> we oh, you just not got that. <laughs> <laughs> so we, dear listeners, are actually going to be talking about sex work today, believe it or not. Woohoo! <laughs> As you know, yeah. we talk about sex work every single time, every single episode <laughs> on this podcast. Did you know that? Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Is that like a metaphor? No, I'm lying. I just lied. Oh. To you, to our guest, to my friends, to the audience, to everyone. I am a liar. You are the minister of propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So... How about you tell us a little bit about yourself, Eden? Tell us. Tell us. <laughs> Reveal your secrets to the world. Of course. Um, so I am retired as a, well, sort of. Um, I came up in the early, or, well, mid-2000s, sort of like 2005, I started um, stripping. I started in a fully nude club um, in Wisconsin. <laughs> Don't you know. <laughs> that that looked that looked like a barn um welcome to the dane oh. county strip club <laughs> i mean it well actually i think it was dane county yeah because it was club bristol in sun prairie wisconsin oh wow did they yeah it was it was pretty interesting um and i had no idea what the fuck i was doing and back in those days um you know this was before the fetishization of stripping the appropriation of sex work labor in terms of you know poll work and there there weren't to my knowledge um in 2005 and I, I started like december of 2005 i should say 
um, and I was a wee lad. So I was like, I think like 23 maybe. Um, and at that, at that time I felt very young. Um, and, and that's not very young necessarily to be stripping. Um, was I 23 or 22? It's 23, I think. And yeah, again, you didn't. And, and again, I, let me preface all of this with like stripping has nothing to do with pole. And also pole started with trans um, black and brown sex workers. Okay. So really. all of you oh. out there listening to this that think that like pole fitness was pole, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> it started with sex workers. You can all fuck yourselves. And if you're taking a pole class and you are not donating to mutual aid of, of sex workers and you're not um, like honoring sex workers, specifically black and brown sex workers, you are just trash people. Okay. I just had to get that out of the way. <laughs> so <laughs> back to this. Um, Back to this. We were absolutely treated like shit. If you outed yourself, you were trash. I was in college at the time at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I'm probably going to out my identity if, if, if anybody who knows me is listening. Um, and and when I did finally like kind of allude to... Like, I was in a lot of creative writing classes. People were like, there's no way that anybody who works in a strip club would do this, this, or this. I finally outed myself and people got very quiet. Um, I was very poor. I was working as a waitress. Um, and I did it because I needed the money and I was also living with someone who I'm, you know what, I'm not even going to do that. Cause I, I don't want to out that person. Mm. Um, anyway, I, I quit my, my waitressing job because that person found out what I was doing and basically called me trash. The, the owner of the, um, the restaurant and I won't say where I, where I worked, but I had no benefits. Um, mm. and I had very modest student health insurance that I could only go to the student clinic. I had a horrible debt. Um, and I didn't have health insurance for a very long time. Um, I ended up working in several states. I worked in Wisconsin, New Mexico, Texas, Rhode Island, um, all over the place and eventually worked in outside of Fort Hood, mm -hmm. um, military base, which is where I got the, probably the best experience and also the most horrific experience in terms of law enforcement. Um, we were raided and that's when I found out basically if you were arrested, um, you became a registered sex offender <laughs> yeah. and law enforcement could come in at any point in time and basically like conduct these raids, look down your underwear, um, Ooh. and a lot of other stories. But basically what I want to say is like sex work is work. I'm not trying to like glorify it or say that like, it's all of these things. I'm also not trying to say that it's bad. I'm just trying to say that it's fucking work. It's labor. And we deserve the same. Yeah, it's labor. And we deserve the mm -hmm. same fucking rights. It, we deserve hourly wage. We deserve health insurance. Because what I want to say to you is as strippers, we don't get fucking hourly wage. We don't get health benefits. We have to pay um, stage fees. We get, um, you know, money taken off of our lap dances, all of these things. The other thing I want to say is that I did online work. Back when I did online work in 2009, 2010, I got about 70% taken off of my, um, you know, because you get paid by the minute, seventy percent taken away. Seventy percent. Okay. Jesus. I think. Yeah. Yes. And you who worked um, when I worked know what I'm talking about. My free cams. All and all of you, by the way, out there who use porn, fucking pay for it. Pay for it. There's nothing wrong with using. I'm sorry for yelling. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with with watching porn. Fucking pay for it. Don't use Pornhub. These people put rape. Um. Up on their shit. Don't use Pornhub. Don't use Pornhub, please. These people are putting rape up on their site. They have been like all recently and over and over and over again. They have been called out over and over again. Please don't use Pornhub. There are a bajillion other sites. Um, but anyway, 
Uh, a lot of these sites take 70% of us only fans. They kicked sex workers off during um, the pandemic. Yeah. And started yeah. putting, I, and I'm so tired of people being like, oh my God, only fans. Um, I do not appreciate these fucking memes like, oh, I'll just quit my job and sell my feet. Go fuck yourselves. It takes a lot to do that kind of work and it's exhausting. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I did do online work. I also think that there's, oh, and back when I did online work, they could fucking download your shit and it, it's probably on the internet somewhere. I have no idea. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. And so anyway, there's a lot that I would love to talk about. The racism, the, the continued racism in clubs, the fact that the club that I worked at in Texas would tell me that I couldn't listen to rap. Um, if I played a rap song, I had to play country music afterwards. I'm from Chicago. We don't have country music. I'm just going to say that mm. flat. I didn't know what the fuck country was until I moved to Texas. Mm. So the fact that the clubs were segregated, um, there's a lot. There's inherent racism in sex work that, that isn't talked about. Um, there's a lot. And I'm sorry I'm rambling, but we tried to unionize at clubs. There's a great documentary called Live New Girls Unite. Um, I think you can still get it on, on Netflix. It was the first unionized club, which is the Lusty Lady. Um, it was in San Francisco. There's another one, I think, in Washington. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, these are just some things I'm glossing over a lot. But basically, we deserve rights as sex workers. The left has come out with this vehement swerve bullshit in the last few years. It's mm -hmm. people under 30, no offense, but y'all have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. If you want to call yourself a Marxist-Leninist and you're bashing sex workers, go fuck yourselves. We are not sex trafficked. We deserve the same rights as everybody else. Sex work is work. Work is, I mean, we deserve to be treated equally. I don't know what your problem is, like how we're all just exploited. All workers are exploited. So I don't know why you think that like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Even if you view like sex work in the lens of like, you know, like a Marxist framework. Yeah. I right. mean, the exploitation is still there. You still have, you're still producing value that your employer or whoever is, mm -hmm. you know, extracting you're never going to make the full amount that of that you bring back never the full value that you create so you get alienated from that and right you get some like shitty pittance half the fucking time it's, it's weird though oh and don't be yeah don't don't apologize for talking uh no because i was i didn't know i'd learn literally zero about this i don't know it's weird though because isn't so what you're talking about in terms of the production, the workers alienated from what they produce, I wonder how that applies to like different areas as well. Like th like what we're talking about here, like what retail work and, and stuff like that. Because I wonder, I think that term, I think, I don't know, I think that may be outdated, the whole capitalist and communist thing for today's world. Both of them just may be outdated, the theories. Pretty sure Marx probably didn't have sex workers in mind, <laughs> nor ankles. Um... But yeah, no, I think that's a pretty good like introduction to who you are and your experience. Um, was that all the kind of experience that you had? Because you kind of stopped, I think, around like 2010s. Was that about right? Yeah. So right now, I will say, and I'm I'm very careful to talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, I have been working to get back into online work. The reason being that um, I got very sick um, at the beginning of what we didn't know was coronavirus and um i got like very sick and my full-time job um which i am a social worker i'm not going to say where i work um is extremely taxing um physically mm -hmm. and whatever i got sick with has just i they still don't know like i got pneumonia and i got pericarditis which is very rare for somebody in their 30s to just have mm -hmm. their heart get infected 
um, and it's taken its hold for the last couple of years. So I'm very lucky that I have a very supportive um, partner and my husband completely supports me doing online work. What I would like to do is design a platform where I am forcing people to read political works and then they can see more of me. So they kind of have to read and pay. I haven't kind of figured out how I'm going to do that. I also am living in an environment where I can't really film myself at the moment. Um, that that so, makes me think. I'm trying to remember if there was like a Twitch streamer who did something similar to that. I'm not too sure. Like, I mean, you can't show nudity or anything like that on Twitch, for example. But I feel, I think there are like some streamers or like a few of them whose names are completely escaping me that do something very similar in that regard, right? Um, this is tangential, but I do know there's one streamer who actually does run like a speed dating show. Um, oh, awesome. It's mostly her kind of like roasting people. She's having having like these remote speed dates with. Um, that is fantastic. She's great. Uh, I'll have to find her and show you her like channel. But yeah, no, I kind of <laughs> like that idea of, you know, it's like, hey, if you're going to consume this, if you're going to consume, you know, like the product of my labor here, right? I mean, mm, at least yeah. do a little bit of due diligence here and consume this, you know, do some reading. Yeah. And I, I think mine will be mainly focused to anti-Zionist literature um, because I think especially now, and I, I hate to get a little tangential, but um, the more people are consuming this fucking bullshit narrative um, of Ukraine, the more they're not understanding that number one, we are supporting Nazis and number two, um, we are also supporting illegal settlement. I mean, obviously we're supporting ethnic cleansing in Israel, but um, much of what Israel has done is opened up more illegal settlements to Ukrainian Zionists in Palestine. And mm -hmm. so I, I want to continue because again, every time we are consuming a narrative that's largely focused on blonde hair, blue eyed refugees, I put in quotation marks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're ignoring, obviously, Yemen, Somalia, Palestine, but Palestine is something that, yeah, obviously, I'm largely pa uh, passionate about. So I would like to focus it on anti-Zionist literature um, and also potentially give some of my proceeds to mutual aid in Palestine. Now, I don't know how well that will go over, especially if I'm using pornography to do that. But for me, that is something that I'm, I'm trying to do. Um, and again, I can't film where I'm at, but you know, my husband, my husband and I have shared. Also, we'll make content together, and we have sold videos, and I'm still doing that on the side. And I have an Instagram page that I'm kind of building. Instagram has banned a ton of my images, um, and it's political and has some. It, it's all faceless, so you have no idea what I like, what my face looks like. But it's my body, mm -hmm. and then obviously I have like emojis covering up like my nipples and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Funny that you this mentioned. Is, uh, oh no, you oh, go. I'm ahead. sorry. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say. So this whole topic that we're doing today is um, one that I, as I was growing up, I found really disturbing because I was raised in an evangelical Christian environment. You know where it's like, oh well, you know, promise keepers type stuff. If you know what I mean by that. You were raised Quaker though, too, right? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, evangelical friends. Um, so, you know, oh, it's a yeah. lot of the, like a promise keepers type stuff. And you're not familiar with promise keepers. Um, it's an all men's Christ evangelical Christian organization. And pornography was a huge, huge um, topic of theirs. Now, I never really struggled with it. I really don't watch it, to be honest with you. I know people may say, well, yeah, right. He's lying. I, honestly, I, I don't. But I don't. And when it comes to 
uh, you know, the kind of work that we're talking about on sex work and stuff like that. I, <laughs> this is going to sound really funny, really weird, but I kind of have gone into the position where I kind of see sex workers as holy. And I, I, I and you're like, where'd you get that from? I kind of got that from Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. Mm, okay. <laughs> Sonia's character, who's forced to go into prostitution because her family and her father is, is a drunk. Her father's a drunk, doesn't support his family. And she's one of the most pure, innocent characters in Crime and Punishment. And, um, you know, songs like Mary Jane. <laughs> it's, like that. it's like I, I kind of did a, a 180 then from what I used to be, I guess. I mean, I think that's interesting. I'm kind of careful with that because I think that we're just kind of like any other worker. We're providing a service. And I think mm, yeah. um, what I, I really want people to realize is just that we deserve rights. Um, I just <clears throat> I wanted to read some interesting things that I found. I, I really encourage everyone to read Revolting Prostitutes, The Fight for Sex Workers Rights by Juno Mack and Molly Smith. Um, it's a great book, but I wanted to read just a couple of things, um, you know, in terms of the accomplishments of sex workers. Um, let me get to it. Hang on. Let me find it really quickly. Oh, I should have. And I'm sorry. I'm Even though I'm wearing my... Here we go. Okay. These are just some, some accomplishments. In 1997, 4,000 sex workers made history with the first National Conference of Sex Workers in India. And a follow-up event in 2001, their numbers rose to 25,000 to make their demands known with signs proclaiming, we want bread, we also want roses. Mm. Um, in Bolivia in the mid-2000s, 35,000 sex workers from across the country participated in a huge series of collective actions against police violence mm. and the closure of workplaces. Um, we are fighting for the right to work and for our family's survival, said Lily Cortez. Um, the leader of El Alto Association of Nighttime Workers, surrounded by prostitutes who had sewn their mouths shut in protest. Here's another one. In the UK in the 1970s and the 1980s, sex workers' rights movement was deeply entwined with the Wage for Housework campaign. Marxist feminists named the value of women's unpaid reproductive and domestic labor and demanded a radical reorganization of society to value women's work. Throughout the 1980s, the sex workers' rights movement became increasingly international. Um... The first and second Horace Congresses took place in Amsterdam and Brussels, and new sex worker-led groups began emerging in Australia, Thailand, Brazil, South Africa, and, and Uruguay. And I this th is all from that book? Yeah. Oh, and okay. there's more. I, I think it. what oh, also would now. be a good idea is, like, after we're done recording this, if you want to, like, post the uh, all the literature that you want in the uh, Discord, then I can, like, post, I can basically share all of those when I uh, promo this on the Twitter. Oh, sure. So on that way, yeah, on the tweeter, the tweeter. So usually what we do or what I do rather is that, you know, when I do promo on Twitter, I'll usually have a bunch of links to the where they can listen to these episodes. Um, but it's also a great opportunity for me to also share additional resources too. like the last time um, I remember extensively sharing resources was when we were covering uh, the history of Mexico and Texas. You remember that one, Martin? Um, oh, from Indian... Back of my hand. It's from the... Uh, let me see here. Pueblo Center? Yeah, it was Pueblo Center. Uh, in Maybe I find... Oh, yeah, the Pueblo Cultural Center. Yeah, yeah. that's it. 
Pueblo oh, yeah. Cultural Center. Yeah, I can absolutely share this. Yeah. One based in Albuquerque. Hell yeah. Oh. Yep, they're based in New Mexico. They were, they were really helpful. Um, we were able to reference like a lot of information from their website. That That's was awesome. That, yeah, and we, we were kind of relying on them for quite a bit, mostly to provide, I guess you could say, sources for that are not, you know, Western centric, not like a, a colonist settler centric perspective, which can sometimes happen in a lot of like indigenous history or history, history, uh, historiography. Is that the word I'm looking for? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, the way we write history. Yeah, because um, one great example of that, not to get too off topic, is um, this book called Empire of the Summer Moon. And it's kind of about, you know, Comanche history, but it's been criticized by a lot of different indigenous groups for uh, basically being pretty one-sided in its uh, narration. So it kind of focuses mostly history. It kind of frames the history in the perspective of the settlers at the time and not the Comanche themselves, which, you know, that <laughs> creates a lot of fucking problems. It's like, a little. it's kind of like if a Catholic priest was writing about, you know, the struggle of sex workers. <laughs> and it's just like from a Catholic perspective. <laughs> It's like, yeah, wow, I know so much about sex workers now. Thank you, Father Anderson. That's been a lot of the Swerve narrative, though, um, is we have been noticing a lot of folks on the left who are kind of framing the sex work narrative from their perspective, which is really disturbing. Um, and, and basically that know absolutely nothing about sex work, have never participated in sex work. Um, and then on the flip side, there's just... This whole notion that sex work is somehow an aesthetic, it's something to appropriate, the appropriation of sex work labor within pole studios. So yeah, I definitely get that. Like the movie Hustlers is a great example. Mm -hmm. okay. um, you know, they put so many people out of work during the filming. They did have somebody who was a sex worker, Jack the Stripper, who was kind of like their consultant. But at the same time, the person they did the movie um, that it was based on, they, they never consulted her and she ended up suing them. Yeah, and the club that they they filmed in they shut down, so they put all of those strippers out of work um, for days and days, and I think like weeks. And one of the actresses mm. in the film, who is a bajillionaire, was like, "Oh my god, I just decided to do this because I thought it was like so fun, and I did it in secret, <laughs> and I made all this money." And I was like, "You asshole! Like, how many people did you put out of work?" The like, ultimate privilege. Yeah, I mean, like, what privilege? Also, really quickly, I just wanted to read this to y'all before I forget, because mm -hmm. um, this is so cool. In 1974, sex workers in Ethiopia joined the newly formed Confederation of Ethiopian Labor Unions and engaged in strike action that brought down the government. That's, that's fucking lit. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, yes. Um, and also in 1950s, prostitutes were part of um, Mau Mau uprising that led to Kenya's liberation from British colonial rule. Oh, yeah. I've heard of the Mau Mau's. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So I just I wanted to read this to you because, again, like we get a, and the other thing is we get frequently erased from like any sort of co like conversation on the left. Like people talk about like liberation theology, like in liberation theory, rather. And like sex work, sex workers are nowhere in there. Like we're no, like we're just left out. And and keep in mind, like trans sex workers of color are frequently murdered, and nobody talks mm. about. Them. And we're just told that we're trash. And I mean, it's like interesting because if you talk about um, legislation like SESTA-FOSTA and SESA, it 
puts us more in danger, right? So, I mean, and and basically, um, you talk about the carceral system that harms sex workers, and it's not just full service sex workers, it's strippers, it's online workers, it's everybody. Um, but mainly full service sex workers because they're the ones who are most in danger, um, especially trans, again, trans sex workers of color, and nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. So, these are things that I think that the left should shut the fuck up because if you're an abolitionist and you don't want to talk about sex work, you're not really an abolitionist. You're not. Mm-hmm. If you want to sit there and say, um, fuck sex workers and you're all, you know, all these things and, you know, saying all these negative things about sex work. And I know I'm not being very articulate, but my point being, you are erasing the experiences, especially of trans sex workers of color. Um, if you don't want to talk about the racism in clubs, if you want to talk about like, you know, illuminating systemic racism, again, abolition, and you don't want to talk about these issues, then you're not really what you say you are. And that bothers me, especially with leftists. Um, and especially with what I've been seeing on Instagram. So, you know, saying that we don't deserve full rights, you're kind of trash. I just, I don't, that's why I hate swerfs. I just, I don't, I don't engage with them. Um, you know, I follow some of them because they, they do post, there's a few I follow, um, <clears throat> on my on one of the pages that I manage, but mm-hmm. I, when I see what they post about sex work, I'm like, are you stupid? Yeah. So, Ooh, what is the term surf? Surf? Swerf. Swerf. Sex work Swerf. exclusionary. Yeah. Sex work exclusionary radical feminist. Oh, okay. Like turf. Okay. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Usually, Sorry, if usually if there's like a, terms. a group of shitty people, you can usually <laughs> kind of like throw them in the earth category. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. it's it's kind of, and I and I say that sort of as a joke, but no, there does seem to be like this broad category of like folks in left spaces, leftist spaces or left leaning spaces, whatever, who will identify usually in some kind of like progressive fashion or feminist way whatever and then they'll also kind of you know like distance themselves from you know like uh like struggles that you know black folks have to deal with daily daily right or sex workers or trans folks you know and the list goes on i wonder if like those on the right uh the rightist i guess to say those on the opposite of the left spectrum um i wonder if they're like this too where they have I think they're just openly hostile. They don't even pretend. Oh, <laughs> no, right wing okay. right wingers don't even <laughs> pretend to like conceal their disdain for sex workers. It, but well. they're they'll ha- I think they're I mean, I'm not the expert here, but I think they're more likely to also solicit sex workers or stuff though, right? Yes. And I use Matt Guess as a as an example of this. Oh, so that guy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So what's interesting is now I again know he's facing charges for the seventeen year old, but um other than that, he has purchased, I mean, he's he's purchased um, services from sex workers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because, in my opinion, and I can't stand him, he's just a disgusting human being, not because yeah. he purchased, obviously, because I'm, you know, a sex worker, but, like, that would have been an excellent opportunity for him to demand rights for sex workers. And the funniest part of all of this is the sex workers that he um, engaged with were like, I had to take drugs to have sex with him because he was so gross. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he looks like a walking Ken doll. I mean, like, oh, I don't think so. I think he looks just like a giant. I mean, I, I can't imagine. He kind like, of. Plastic, he plastic kind of, man? I think he kind of looks like what you would expect like a libertarian to look like. A guy who oh. would really want to debate you about lowering the age of consent. Yeah, I mean, oh. I think he just looks like a rapist. But that's besides, I, I just think like, 
you would have to take something. I mean, if, if he came into a strip club where I was working at, I would just pretend there was a cop in there and do my lap dance 10 feet away. But like he, he, that would have been, in my opinion, a good opportunity for him to say, let's decriminalize. And yeah. instead of let me just be a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, now the 17 year old, that's a completely different story, yeah. right? Um, that is, below the age of consent that's um, that that's a, that's shit involving a child that's categorically right, that's, child. that's categorically right. different as you a know. teacher i'm very disturbed right. yeah no no that, absolutely but yeah. i mean if you're purchasing a sex worker who is of legal age 18 or older yeah. that would have been a great and i will say being a stripper i've had blackwater people solicit me before i've had and it's so interesting i've had politicians come in in like local office, especially in New Mexico. And I've had um, like rival motorcycle game. I mean, like people that are really conservative, um, which is so funny, right? Because mm-hmm. these are these holier than thou fuck shits that are like, fuck this and, you know, criminalize sex work and blah. And I'm like, that's so funny because you're the number one people, you know, you're our number one customers. Yeah. And, and I, I find that hilarious because like, do you, do y'all remember that one mayor who was like purchasing, um, he purchased a, he was like engaging with this one person who, um, hmm. he was like, I think he was like doing meth off this guy's ass or something. I don't know. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, so my point is like, they, I think they have this like front because they have to be because of the evangelical bullshit. But yeah, I, I mean, I think it's an excellent opportunity for them to be like, and they would gain so much more popularity. And mind you, I'm, all the way to the left, I would argue, I'm probably like a socialist communist, but you know, they would actually gain traction if they had a good decriminalization platform and they, they don't. And it's hilarious because they're the ones that are engaging with us. Yeah, you would, you know, taking off our like lefty hats for just a moment, right. you would think that, you know, right-wing people would pursue, you think if they wanted to be consistent, right? They would go for like this more libertarian approach where right. it's like, you know, they'd be like, yeah, I'm a social conservative, but you know what? I think it should be your right and, you know, to be a sex worker. Oh, yeah. And I think it should be fine to, you know, pursue, you know, to solicit sex workers for their services. Yeah. Y- you would think they would do that. Like, However, up to the states. <laughs> they are, or shit like that. Right. Yeah. Those yeah. are, but instead they kind of <laughs> opt in for more like, I know this is a bit of a meme, but somehow libertarians kind of make this a reality about you know lowering the age of consent or you know if you're like more republican conservative christian what the fuck ever then you're more likely to take an approach where it's like oh this is like degeneracy family values etc so on and so forth you know ruining our society blah 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 and i think and i'm going to ask you for your opinion on this even um do you think there's two different kind of like hypocrisies that the life, the, the the right and the left kind of engage in when it comes to sex workers? In terms of like, um, well, the right, it's obvious, yes, but. Yeah, I think, because from my perspective, I think there is this hypocrisy that, you know, a lot of leftists, and when I use leftists, I'm not specifically talking about liberals. I'm talking more about, you know, progressives, socialists, communists, oh, what the fuck ever, yeah, um, yeah, like, who are. Yeah, who do, you know, go on about, you know, the rights of workers and the working class, oh, yeah. working class issues. And, you know, like you've said, they will completely just distance themselves away from sex worker related issues because 
I think one popular thing they typically might believe in is that, you know, sex work is like this aberration created by capitalism, right? Yeah. And, you know, in, in this fantasy world that I think a lot of people have, if you get rid of capitalism, then there will be no need for sex work or right. whatever. Except that that's just not... Mm. Yeah, there was that before capitalism. Right, exactly. And I think sex work <laughs> is people's profession. I mean, people are always... I mean, I don't know. I... I I, I think that there is some additional hypocrisy. Well, there's also this um, conflation, too, on the left, where I still think people conflate it with sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and again, that, that falls under, like, well, because it's the exploitation and that's because of capitalism and blah, blah, blah. And I, I definitely see that. Um, that I just think is stupidity. I really do. I think that that's a complete misunderstanding and an inability to understand that we're, like, not understanding consensual sex work. Um, again, it's still work. It's not saying that I necessarily enjoy or don't enjoy. It's just that it, it is a job. Like, for example, um, with one of my jobs, like the, the, the strip club that I worked at in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. that was really difficult and I did not like it, but it was still consensual. Like, I still went to work every day. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would never work at a nude club ever again as long as I live um, because it's really uncomfortable. And it's not uncomfortable because I don't like people seeing my body. It's just like, it's kind of gross. Yeah, um, because you're working with seventy five thousand other girls, and like it's a pole it's, in a tiny oh. space. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're spraying it down. What? It's just not. It's not really great, and especially during coronavirus, like ew. But um, you know, I mean, and whatever. It's just I don't really also like people like you know referring to my genitals in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Oh, um, yeah. Which I mean, I will refer to my own genitals in a certain way, but like. Um, it's a job. I'm going to work. It is fucking labor. The end. It's like, and, and I refer to it as people are like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm still putting on a uniform. It's just a different uniform, right? Mm. Like I'm putting on these stupid fucking things that I get out of package and I'm putting on eyeshadow that makes me look like a rotting corpse. But either way, um, cause I don't know how to put on makeup still at <laughs> almost age 40. But my point is, it's still work. And I think that people on the left, the differences that they, and people on the right do this too misunderstand and they don't believe that I have any sort of consent and that in itself is so um infantilizing yeah because it I, I think that that it, it to me is so fucking infantilizing and disgusting and it takes away any sort of notion of personhood um and and to me on the left like there's if you want to talk about like I don't know all sorts of fucked upness which I don't have another word for it because it's like you are no longer a person mm-hmm. um and that's where I have the problem. And I think that that's like, you know, when you get away from all the systems in terms of capitalism and all the other things, you are literally robbing me of being a human being of a person because you're telling me that I'm being exploited, that I have no consent. You are taking away my ability to express my own consent. And that's where I have the problem. And you're telling me no matter what I'm saying, I'm wrong. Yeah, I think. And it's really interesting because I think you mentioned earlier how like a lot of leftists kind of take this approach or mentality that sex work is kind of, they're viewing it in the light of like human trafficking. So yes. when you're, when we're talking about like exploitation here, they're not, they seem to be using exploitation with sex work in a different way compared to other forms of labor where, yeah. you know, exploitation and other forms of labor is in their world is, you know, the usual, you know, 
your boss takes away your surplus value that you create. Um, you never get the, your full return in your surplus value you create with your labor. And then they kind of take the more approach that you're being exploited in the sense of like sexual trafficking, you know, like some kind of like crime drama where the, the good guy cops, you know, break up this human trafficking situation and like some CD massage parlor or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or they view it as like, as, as in the way that this book refers to it as like a form of like self-harm mm -hmm. like oh wow yourself. yeah and and that's something that i just really can't get up like when i told my mom i was a stripper she's like you're hurting yourself i had to go to therapy to tell her like we we i had to you know like go to a therapist with her and my therapist was like my therapist was luckily sex sex were positive um which by the way goes into another category like when i find a therapist i have to find one that isn't um, anti-sex work, which I had one for a long time who blamed all of my trauma on the fact that I had been a sex worker. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was horrible. It was really bad. And for a while I questioned myself and then I got away from her and I was like, Jesus, she was terrible. She was projecting all of her shit onto me. But again, they view sex work as harm on the left. And so, or they like, they view like sex work and this is racially motivated where they're like, oh, this is like what you do when you, you've hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. instead of like no this is just another way to make money right so i think again there's all of these things which i i think is really horrifying and again um the left doesn't really recognize which i have a, a huge fucking problem with um and again i just i've i've gotten to the point where i don't engage in these conversations because it's exhausting and i don't i don't engage with swerfs a lot of us won't because there's no point um and I would prefer to just engage with a union like IWW. They offer to you. Oh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually have that website pulled up. <laughs> they have a, um, yeah. uh, what is their union specifically? The for, no, no, no. I mean, like, their specific one for sex workers is what I'm trying to think of. What, Union 69 or something? <laughs> Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> I'm not sure, but they do unionize sex workers. But, like, they... I mean, I I went to them in Wisconsin because I will tell you, like, when I will say, like, for example, when I tried to join the ISO, they were mm -hmm. so nasty to me. That was my one of my first experience, which, by the way, they're fucking trash. But don't um, isn't ISO basically defunct now and no longer? They exists. are because of all their sexual assault bullshit. Yeah, I remember. Um, so, yeah. Also, IWB does. It's called the Sex Trade Workers Industrial Union 690. Yeah. So I love it. Six nine. <laughs> that was um, yeah, I'm at their page right now too. Joining the IWW. Yeah, I would strongly suggest anybody support the IWW. I mean, like they were the first union I approached and they were so kind when I was in Wisconsin because I tried to unionize the first club I was ever in because before I'd become a stripper, I had seen in one of my um, intro to fun theory courses, um, live new girls unite. And I just thought it was amazing. Um, and you know, it's hard. And most of the girls didn't, a lot of them didn't want to because they were, I mean, obviously there's a lot of anti-union sentiment. Because um, you can, you know, they were like, well, if you unionize, you have to come in for certain shifts. And I'm like, well, we have to anyway. So what's the difference? But anyway, point being, they were so warm and so welcoming. So, um, yeah. That's so great to hear. Like, it's great. Um, after, like, hearing so much, you know, about this anti-sex work attitude and mentality on the left, it's great to hear Hey, a positive experience. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. No, they were, I mean, and, and I will say, right? 
Yeah. No, they're great. And I have, by the way, also met like a lot of therapists. There's a whole genre of social work that are doing, um, it's called the equitable care certification that are specifically like looking into certification to work with sex workers that are like a holistic approach. Um, and I also just wanted to mention the irony of so many people on the left looking at um, poll work as therapy, which is so fucking hilarious. First of all, poll work is not therapy. It's a fucking appropriation of sex work labor. But my my point is the irony being that um, going, seeing that, that poll work is okay, but sex work is not. Mm-hmm. I've never um, even yeah. heard of poll work as therapy. Like, yeah. and as someone with a background in treating folks with mental illness, like, is that something that actually has like research behind it or? No. <laughs> oh, so, it's a popular I mean, thing I, then? It's just like, so I'm someone that believes in like holistic methods. Like if you want to go do ayahuasca on that clears up your PTSD, go for it. Um, oh, yes. And there's more research into that. Um, and like microdosing ketamine and shit like that. And I believe in art therapy and dance therapy and all these things. So sure, pull might make you feel, feel better, but that is not therapy. Like you need to go see somebody for your shit. And the fact that people are marketing it as therapy, like, mm. no. Um, and also you have appropriated, you have appropriated something that came from sex workers. You are not even discussing where it came from. And you are not honoring the black and brown women that you stole this shit from and the trans women that it came from. So to me, it's just, it's just appropriating shit. And also the fact that like more and more people are looking at sex work as an aesthetic to me is disgusting. Like, I will take um, the dance community, and I'm, I'm talking about not like strippers, but like the dance community is a great example. When I lived in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. they were like thinking that like sex workers were like some sort of aesthetic they would steal for their concept videos. And there was one, she's a Zionist, but she did it for like, like one of her concept videos, like pretended to be like a sex worker for her music video. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to use this word, which I don't normally do, but this bitch, like not only are you a Zionist, but you're going to do this for your fucking music video. And I know a lot of women oh. out there are like, bitch is a blah, blah. I, I don't care. I'm going to use it for her because she's a Zionist. She wears I, IOF fucking sweatshirts. And then she used it for her video. And I, I wrote to the dance studio. I'm like, your teacher's disgusting. Um, I'm a former sex worker. Also, she's a Zionist. So like two things. But yeah, I will never take classes here again because like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, why do you think that this that our job, like our labor, is an aesthetic for you to appropriate? And also, yeah, you sure. as dancers know when you're paid fifteen dollars an hour to go be fucking backup dancers for Beyonce. Like, don't you understand that there's there should be unity here? No, nothing. Mm. Damn. Also, yeah. I I should point out too, just for the the sake of our audience, that you know you're speak you're using the term Zionist, you know, as a Jewish person. I am call, Jewish, calling sorry. out another Jewish person because I feel I just don't want someone to think that it's like, <laughs> wow, yes. this, this lady is really using Zionist a lot. Does she actually mean like Jew? What? Is she dog whistling? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is this podcast secretly anti-Semitic? <laughs> I am I am Jewish. I am anti-Zionist. I have family from Israel. So I am vehemently anti-Zionist and I believe all the land should be returned to the Palestinians. Israel should not exist. The end. There you go. Unpopular opinion. So we, we clarified that. So, yeehaw. sorry. No, there is something also I do want to talk because you brought up a really interesting point, and you've mentioned it before too. You know about the appropriate the appropriation of sex work, right? Whether yeah. it's for like 
stupid shit like dance videos. But there was one that you told me in particular that really pissed you off, and that was when that um, was it Lil Nas X's like latest one. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was that one I think you had a lot to say about. So it wasn't just Little Nas X. So recently more and more artists have been using um, have been using pole in their videos and then they hire people that aren't strippers to teach them. And there's plenty of strippers out there. But Little Nas X had a pole contest where he... Okay, so I don't know Little Nas X's pronouns, so I don't want to... Mm-hmm. You, anybody- you can just use they, them if you're just not super sure. Yeah, because I don't, I, I never want to um, do that. So they had done a contest where they were going to do like a $10,000 giveaway. And first of all, um, part of the issue that I had with everyone was like, and I should also acknowledge that I am queer, I'm bisexual. I'm actually probably pan at this point. Yeah, I'm probably pan because I would date anybody if I wasn't married. Mm. Um, any gender, any anything. Um any gender identity. Um, so I shouldn't say bye because I don't think that there's, I think it's anyway. Um, but basically the, I, I understand the importance of that and the whole challenging of the notion of sexual identity and stuff like that. However, what people fail to notice that sex workers picked up on is the descendants into hell is also that if you are a sex worker, you are going straight to hell. <laughs> and people did not pick up on that um, because of the whole notion of the poll. Mm-hmm. So sex workers did have a discourse about that. Now, take it for what you will. Good for them. Like, great. Now, they then did a um, like a, a contest. And again, like the poll thing. Again, appropriation, but like, cool, right? I don't know who taught them, but it was not a sex worker. They had a contest where they were like, we're going to give away $10,000 to the best person who can do this, blah, 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 blah. A bunch of sex workers were like, what the fuck? You could give this to a, a, a full service worker who lost all of their money during um, coronavirus, which was true for a lot of full service workers or even somebody who lost money because their club got shut down or whatever. Like there were so many full service or, or sex workers that lost all of their income because of coronavirus and they chose to do this contest. Then in this, by the way, I found out about all of this on like, I forgot who posted, but it was actually a prominent sex worker who's also an artist and I will try to find their handle because they I deleted my personal Instagram and I was following them on Instagram and I don't know that I am following them anymore on my on the page that I manage but they actually brought this issue to light and I can try to find the thread but basically what it comes down to is they didn't give away any of the money I don't think um and it talks about basically the exploitation of sex work labor and the appropriation of pole but I think what they did was super shitty. Yeah. <laughs> and again, the notion of the video, like the whole descendant, like basically sex workers are going to hell. So, I mean, like, it, it's a little cringy. Yeah. Like on the one hand, I do know, like, call me by your name is kind of like supposed to be, you know, from like little Nas X's perspective, you know, kind of like yeah, rebelling against this Christian, this strict Christian conservative upbringing, right? Totally. You know, descend, like descending, in, even if that means like descending into hell or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I think that reading that you mentioned also, that you just described is also pretty valid too, because for all like, you know, the imagery and shit like that, you know, like yep. it's still, because, you know, the connection is still there that, you know, sex work is being associated with, you know, like this devilish kind of uh, yeah. shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I think that um, also just the blatant appropriation, and I just think that, again, with the, the contest, though, was the biggest pisser, like, just not at all, <laughs> like, because people did call them out and were like, hey, you could give this to somebody struggling right now because there's so many sex workers, especially trans sex workers that are out of work. And really with the new legislation with SESTA-FOSTA-SESA, like all of these restrictions give it to a full service worker that's out of work right now, especially trans sex worker of color who's to getting to Because I mean, like so many full service workers, especially trans full service workers were either being jailed or killed. <laughs> like nobody was paying attention. Mm or we're being forced to to really take on again which is why we should have full rights um we're forced to take on more dangerous work because of all of this um mm. all of these restrictions which i think people again don't fucking pay attention to but yeah and i mean also sizza did a, a the same thing she did um a video for good days and hired somebody who no connection to sex work um and then put in poll and a lot of us were very disappointed mm-hmm mm. uh, um, and again, like, come on, there are definitely um, pole dancers that, excuse me, there are definitely strippers that you could have hired ex instead of pole dancers, and you didn't. Yeah. Like, and she, it sounds, I'm pretty sure, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it sounds like uh, there's a huge problem, especially in, in entertainment, yeah. where oh, it's yeah. like, here you have this one specific industry that's really hit especially hard by coronavirus, and you have like another that's kind of like doing a bit better, especially because they don't have like the stigma associated with their work, which is, you know, like dancers, just regular dancers, whatever. It sounds like the one just one of the big problems here is that while a lot of like resources and money is being diverted away from sex workers to go into people who are doing at least significantly better. Is that something you would agree with? Well, I wouldn't even because the, the interesting thing is like hip hop dancers, for example, are paid shit. Really? Like they're they're totally oh yeah they're totally screwed. In fact, one dancer I forgot her name. She's amazing. Just um, uncovered the exploitation of backup dancers um, during the Super Bowl. They were offered I mm. think it was like fifteen dollars an hour for the most recent fucking Super Bowl too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and That's we're what talking I talked like, about. <laughs> that we're talking like the most talented dancers, and and I mean I didn't I don't watch that shit because it's fucking football, and I I think that you're you're exploiting people who are going to get chronic encephalopathy and die when they're like 50. Yeah. But I mean, so, but I mean, these dancers are incredible, right? So, um, mm -hmm. and it wasn't just for that, right? We're talking open calls for, um, you know, uh, Kanye West for, um, what's her name? Um, oh my God, I just forgot her name. She's, oh my God, Doja Cat. Um, Doja Cat, yeah, I know her. Yeah, all these, all these incredible artists and they're paying their dancers like, fucking $15 an hour or some shit. So she went on, uh, she actually went on Breakthrough News. Um, she did a great interview. She's absolutely incredible. She's been dancing for many, many years. She's one of the most incredible dancers I've ever seen. I started following her on Instagram and my friend Amy, um, if you ever want to talk about this on here, I, I would love for you to speak with her. She's a professional dancer and she's been talking about this ever since I've known her because she works, she lives and works in California as a as a professional dancer and has been calling out the dance industry for years for this problem mm -hmm. where they they'll do an open call and they'll be like, Oh yeah, we'll offer you like $15, no union. 
<laughs> yeah. So also to kind of clarify, because I know we're using dance a lot, <laughs> like dance community a lot here. Is dance is the dance community that you're referring to distinct from, you know, like poll workers and sex workers and stuff like that? Yeah, so I would say there's I there's three things here. So there's the hip hop dance community. Now I refer to pole dancers. I I have complete disdain for them. I'll be 100 percent honest with you. Like mm -hmm. unless they're strippers, I if if you are a stripper and you're teaching pole, then I love you. If you are just like some fucking pole athlete bullshit garbage can, no. Mm -mm. Like if I if I want to take a pole class, then I will specifically ask the school if they have any strippers there. Mm -hmm. I do. I'm going to be honest with you, and this is something I should have said at the beginning, like, as a stripper, I stayed away from the pole, and the reason is, and people think I'm, like, trying to be funny, I have traumatic brain injury, so the thought of me injuring myself when I didn't have insurance for 15 years was not something I wanted to do, mm, and yeah. when I did get on the pole, like, the three fucking tricks that I knew, I never did inversions. Oh, because okay. So while I was there, I literally saw a, like somebody break themselves and get carried out on a fucking stretcher in a thong and a crop top. Oh my gosh. Jesus. Mm -hmm. When you're, so when you say inversion, is that kind of like when they're kind of like upside, upside down? down? Okay, gotcha, yeah. got it. And I did a lot of floor work and I was also a fucking goofball because guess what? Being a stripper means you know how to talk to people. It's not fucking pole work and that's why I, Somebody, um, her name is Onyx Black 420. I encourage you to follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. She does a ton of shows. Um, she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. She talks about like how stripping is different from pole, and like she she did this great thread the other day. But anyway, basically, like stripping is not pole. Like stripping is how do you talk to customers? How do you like how do you hustle? Because that's what stripping is. It's not fucking. You can do twenty seven thousand pole tricks that's fucking fine. But if you don't know how to fucking talk to people, you're not going to make any money. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's funny that like all these idiots are like, I'm going to go take pole classes and become a stripper. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> really? Like yeah. if you're listening right now and you're one of those idiots, bye. Like th that's not what stripping is. Yeah. And your opinion is probably, I'd imagine one that's probably pretty widespread among sex workers too. Right. I don't know. I, oh. I mean, I really don't. Cause I know a lot of girls that are pole heavy that make a lot of money doing that. And that's great for you. But I mm -hmm. was so klutzy. I once brought an entire railing down on myself and in, in, in a Ooh. packed club. Holy oh, yeah. hell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and got up and started laughing and they were like, way to go Eden. And I was like, yep, that's me. And then when <laughs> I proceeded to do 10 lap dances, like I don't, I'm not a no pole good. person. I'm not. And I, I was horribly shy and I'm still shy. I mean, like I'm somebody that too, like, you know, I would dance to, I did the chicken dance to Nine Inch, Nine Inch Nails because somebody told me to. Mm. I'm not a typical, like, I, I don't do pole tricks. And, and people are like, oh, well, how'd you make your money? I'm like, because I knew how to fucking talk to people. Um, and again, I would slither around on the floor. I mean, there are different ways to make money. And so for people to think that, like, because of, again, the appropriation of sex work labor, and I know I'm going way off topic here, but yeah, I mean, I think that, that there's been this like push because of movies um like hustler and because of jennifer lopez and because of like i don't know because of all these pole studios that have popped up in the last 10 years like because i know specifically when i lived in california i knew girls that would like spend thousands of dollars on pole classes and then like went to audition in clubs and still didn't make any money yeah also because we're kind of talking about you know like pole work and sex work in media right now I, the very first thing that kind of came to my mind 
a little while ago was you remember that movie Magic Mike that came out like God knows how many fucking years ago. Yeah. So what's your opinion on that movie? Like, do you think that was like a good representation of either sex work or pole work? Or do you have any thoughts about those kind of movies? Um, no, I think again, I, I'm really reluctant to see movies about sex workers because I think they either portray us as disposable. Like there was a movie I know that came out where in the first 10 minutes, they like kill a stripper. Um, and it's supposed to be a comedy. Um, what? and it's, I can't remember. It came out a couple years ago. I, I never saw it cause I thought it was so disgusting. Um, and then I did finally watch hustlers cause somebody told me to, and I was so angry. Um, and I just, I don't like watching it because it's such a poor representation. They usually never consult strippers and magic Mike. The only reason why I was okay with it is because Channing Tatum actually was a stripper. Oh, really? He was. I never knew that. Yeah. So I'm okay with him. The rest of them, uh, I don't know. I didn't do enough research. Um, Hustlers, they hired one stripper for the film. Um, And again, they had Jack the Stripper as a a consultant. I wasn't very pleased. They put so many people out of fucking work and it was trash. Um, And then they didn't consult the person that the movie was about. So, and J-Lo is, please just go back to what you did at the beginning, which was you were an amazing fly girl, stick to dancing. Like, please stop and make your trash. Yeah, I've also noticed you've dropped that name a couple times, uh, Jack the Stripper. Um, Who is Jack the Stripper? So Jack the Stripper is a very famous stripper. She had her own clothing line. She did a bunch of art. She, um, you can follow, it's J-A, I think it's Mm J-A-C-Q or J. I don't know. I don't follow, I I don't follow her on the stuff that I Oh my gosh. Did you find her? I just not realized. Jack the Ripper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a play on those words. Yeah. She um she has some really awesome merch. Um she just wrote a book recently that I I did want to read. I kind of have mixed feelings based on the fact that she was the consultant for Hustler. Um but she is very cool. She's done some cool stuff. Um I'm more interested in if people want to follow people um I can I, I will put those in the resource, but Onyx 420, um, Onyx Black 420, um, there's another person that I will put in the chat who is amazing, who's been doing some lectures at, about racism in, in uh, clubs and also a lot of other things. And she is, I'm, I can't remember her handle and I'm going to say it wrong. So I will, I will put her um, handle in resources, but cool. yeah, I'm, I think people need to understand too, that like there are, are clubs that will not hire black women. <laughs> You did mention that there was like a huge issue of like segregation in clubs. Yeah. So when I came to Texas, I didn't understand that because I had worked, you know, I worked in Wisconsin and New Mexico is a minority majority state. So like there's not, they're not going to be like, we're not going to hire you because you're this or that. Like, and, and I mean like the clubs, they had never met a Jewish girl before. So like when I worked in New Mexico, they were like, Oh, you're so weird. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and in Wisconsin, it was um, a barn. <laughs> and so it was basically everything that you could think of worked in Wisconsin, which I yeah. wouldn't have expected in Sun Prairie because Sun Prairie is 100% white. Yeah, but I, they had- I've been to Wisconsin once and I was it was only in Madison I was at. And yeah, right. that is like the most diverse place in Wisconsin. And it's still a very fucking white place. Well, Milwaukee is pretty diverse. Yeah. Madison definitely Lacking. not. Yeah. Yeah. 
and Milwaukee. No, Milwaukee is amazing. Um, but Madison was, I, I, I wish I had worked in Milwaukee to be honest with you, but Madison, um, I had, I did not expect the level of diversity that that club had. I don't, I don't really know. Um, you know, I, I expected it to be like completely white. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked in New Mexico where, um, I would say it was really interesting. Um, it was like, that was the only place I ever saw anybody squirt, um, breast milk, by the way, at a customer. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Did the customer ask to be squirted with breast milk? No, or? he not. Um, oh. <laughs> Because really, <laughs> that club has been shut down, by the way. Uh, that was the Spearmint Rhino. It was amazing. I really loved working there. It was like a big family. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also on lockdown several times <laughs> for shootings, stabbings. Um, oh, yeah. We had a box in the garbage can. Uh, I think that was before I came. But I, I did love working there. That place was pretty diverse. I would say the most diverse club I ever worked at was in Colleen, Texas, which has also, I just found out, been shut down, which was called Babes. It was in Nolanville. It was on the border. That club got raided so many fucking times by the cops. Mm-hmm. But the segregation in Texas was where I really began to understand the, because I mean, like, you know, most clubs, when you go in, they, they're they like, you kind of get it. I mean, you can tell when the managers are racist, but Texas is next level. I mean, they they will straight up say like, "Well, we have enough of you." Jesus oh, Christ! And they they don't even try to hide it. And there's a sign in one of the pictures that I posted um, on my social media that you can see where it says, "If you play rap, you will play country or rock after." <laughs> oh my gosh! For the white people, right? And and the funny thing is that our customers hated it. <laughs> yeah they did they would be like why are you playing this shit and i'd be like you'll have to talk to the managers and it was a military town um so mm-hmm. you had every single everything that you would ever want in any woman was at that club yeah it's not even to like the clientele's taste it's just to the fucking owner's taste because he's a fucking racist yeah no i mean and the funny thing is that the club was owned by a guy who i'm trying to th- oh yeah the guy was was pakistani Mm-hmm. And he would come in and like, and the but the managers were white, so the the owner would come in maybe like once every billion years, um. But he would like come in while we were like totally naked. I feel like I just needed to mm. say hello. Which, by the way, again, you have no rights. Um, my manager once pulled my pants down, and he knew I didn't wear underwear. Mm. So I mean, again, like, what are you going to do? File sexual harassment at a strip club? Right. Again, why? It's like that Seinfeld episode, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, we, but I had so much fun at working at Babes because um, I met some, and, and I was doing a lot of anti-war work, by the way, when I was working there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's also when I realized I wanted to be a social worker. Yeah. Um, Let's go back. Hold on. So, isn't one of the whole problems with, I guess, sex work in general is that it's not run by the workers? Like, what if somebody, like, for example, yeah. in a strip club, what if the workers got together and ran it as a collective? So that's what the lusty lady was. The lusty lady oh, that you wow. was run as a collective, and that's what we wanted to do when I did start unionization talks at Club Bristol back in 2006. That's what we, it was myself, a DJ, and one of the, um, it was like two of the DJs and one of the floor managers talked about running it as a collective. But hmm. what, that's what we what we as dancers always aspired for, right? 
um, because the way that it works is you pay house fees. So when you come in, if you come in by a certain point, the reason why they want you in earlier and the reason why you want to come in earlier is you're paying like, for example, back in the day, I paid $40 for a house fee. Now, I think girls are paying like 110. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, if you, for example, when I was working during a slow season, I would walk out of there with like $10. For those of you listening, this is real. This is why we need hourly wages, right? Because if you come in there and you, and, and there's like two customers and there's 10 girls, uh. think about it. Mm-hmm. And you out. So you are paying to come to work because yeah. you got age fee. You got to tip out your bartender. You got to tip out your floor manager. Your your you know your security. You got to tip out like sharecropping. Yeah, yeah. It, and that's that's what like mind fucks me the most. It's not the manager who's <laughs> tipping out. It's not the manager who's tipping out. You know, bartenders yeah. and DJs and shit like that. It's the strippers. What the yeah. workers? The ones who make the money. Correct. And it's and you got to remember how much maintenance. People don't understand how expensive it is. You got to buy outfits. You got to buy shoes and those shoes get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like I remember um, there was one night um, and I used to buy when I was in Colleen, I used to buy my clothes from like this one little sex shop. I would get like and I would buy my outfits in packages. I'm a really fucking small girl. OK, so there's like next to nothing that fits me. My tits are tiny. I am like a 32A. I was probably a 32A then. And these shoes, you're wearing six to eight inch heels, no health insurance, right? So not only are you, and, and you, by the way, these floors, these are wooden floors sometimes, okay? So you're getting, you're on your knees mm. all the time. You're getting bruises everywhere. You're getting bruises from the pole. You're getting, so oh. and it's expensive. And you got to like, and you, you got to buy dry hands for the pole. Otherwise you're going to fall down the pole. Yeah. And so basically, like, you're spending all this money for upkeep. You got to keep your hair nice. You got to make sure. You, I mean, I bought the cheapest makeup there was because I don't know what the fuck I was doing. And if you look at pictures of me, I mean, really, I look dead. But oh I really did. I mean, I was putting on, like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was doing. Um, but, I mean, the other girls were just exquisite. I, there were girls that I would stop if I was with a customer and I would be like, shut up and watch her. Mm, yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Anyway, it's upkeep. These shoes are not cheap. They run anywhere from sixty to one hundred twenty dollars. And you break a heel, that's it. They're done. You're they're going in the trash can. Okay. Mm. So you're talking about that. You got to get. You got to. You have bunions. I'm sorry, but they destroy your feet. Oh. They outfits. Then you have you know curling irons and all this other shit. You got to dye your hair. You got to fix your face. You got to get your nails done. This isn't cheap shit. Yeah, and that's not even counting shit. You know, like health insurance i can't imagine what that's fucking like you didn't have any yeah i figured yeah. i didn't at all so i i okay so the summer of 2009 i was in the emergency room i think whoa every other there was one period for every other week for like a month because i was hemorrhaging mm-hmm. and i didn't know what was wrong with me mm. and you can't go to work when you're hemorrhaging from your vagina yeah yeah so um, I had a um, combat medic stealing electrolytes for me from his um, from his supply because I was so, I mean, like, I was like, they, they were like, we don't know what's wrong with you. I mean, I was like, hemorrh- I actually ended up bleeding on a row of guys I was giving lap dances to. Oh, my God. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, it was hilarious. I took all their money. But, I mean, I was wearing red, <laughs> so thank God. But, um, and I can't wear tampons, so here's a fun story for you tampon stories 
girls were sticking their tampons all the way in and burning the strings off. What? What? what mm-hmm. Wait. What do you mean burning the strings off? Like instead, so that they wouldn't come up. I, I've never seen this done before, except by strippers. They would light the strings and just burn them off. I don't know why. I don't know why they wouldn't just tuck the strings, but no. Not not even use like scissors or anything. Just no. With like a lighter. I I want to know other strippers out there if you're listening. If I'm the only one who witnessed this. Holy shit! Yeah. Other other strippers out there, the peeing in the trash can. I know, I know you've seen it. I know you've seen you drunk. They just piss right in the can. Mm-hmm. Now I am sober. I've been sober since. I'm not going to age myself, but I I do not drink alcohol. So another thing that you would see is just girls piss in trash cans. Mm. Because by the way, we would only get one stall. What? Oh my god, that's yeah. So. <laughs> 20 to 30 girls and one stall. And this was in every fucking club I ever worked in. I think one other, one club I worked in, we had two. Jesus. Yeah, this, I think one thing that I'm learning from the, from this so far is workers. Y'all are mm-hmm. workers. I yeah. think when, when I think people put that sex before it, the sex before the workers, I think it's that stigma that, oh, this is less than, so you get one stall. Or you got to do this in the trash can, or you got to burn your string. So, I, man, so that's one thing I'm really taking away from all this. Hmm. Workers, fellow workers, yeah, united. It, yeah, imagine, I mean, yeah, if this were any other kind of work, yeah. right? Like, this would be seen as completely unacceptable. Yeah, like, like, even- like Walmart. <laughs> yeah, if this were like some shit like fucking Walmart, you wouldn't no one would stand for this. Even well, fucking Walmart. <laughs> oh, right? I have worse. The club that I worked at in Colleen, we had crickets fall out of the ceiling. So we would play kick the cricket when we were on stage. <laughs> what the f- <laughs> fucking what? <laughs> Jimmy Cricket. <laughs> so okay, so in Central Texas there is a season where they have these heinous fucking crickets that are everywhere, okay? And they hadn't remodeled babes yet. So it was like, this was my first season. So I had taken off from thing, and I came back and it was October, 2008. I'll never forget this. And I came back into this club and I made really good money right away. And I was like, okay, awesome. I'm going to come in every night, whatever, because I had some extenuating circumstances. So I, I'm all of a sudden like, what in the fuck? These crickets are coming out of the fucking sky. They're coming out of the <laughs> and I'm on, Age and they're and luckily these soldiers are too fucking drunk to notice. I'm playing biblical plague. It's biblical time. <laughs> and I'm playing like kick the cricket off the stage. And it was this game we used to play. And the and the girls would warn each other if we saw one. And so we would like come up the stage and tip each other and like smash the crickets off the stage. It was hysterical. And finally we went to the manager and I'm like, you gotta do something about this shit. Like this is not this is not cute. I can imagine like a bunch of frogs just falling from the ceiling now. But it was I can like, only imagine if one fell in your hair, you'd be ah, you'd be freaking out. I mean, that was my big fear because I hated these crickets so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it was funny, and the lap dance area open at the time, and the these oh my god, there were these like leather sofas that the stuffing was like coming out. Of so. <laughs> <laughs> I I did love working there though; they were so sweet. I mean. Cause I I, they, I will say this: the people that did our security were also in the military. So like, if guys were shitty to me, they would just beat them up. Cause I I had some guys call me some very bad names while I was working there. So mm. the one benefit of 
one of the maybe many benefits of having a veteran clientele, but yeah, I mean, they didn't understand the difference between like they don't. Oh my god, they don't because they can't identify like where they're deploying on a map. So yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry guys. I'm going to Germany, and they end up in like the Philippines. I mean, for real. Is this Germany? Well, no. I had these these two guys come in one night, and they were really disgusting. They had gotten a um, one had gotten a tattoo of like Fallujah blown up on his arm. What the fuck? Oh my gosh! And so they started calling me a lot of names, and so I told my um, I loved my bouncer. He was really sweet. Um, he was a veteran. And he saw my face and like, they were calling me really, I'm not going to repeat what they called me. Um, but it was not kind. So he took them outside and beat the shit out of them and then called their commander. <laughs> so they, I'm sure did, a happy right. ending. Right. Cause we were actually on, we were on a banned list for the base. We were on a, like a list of places that you weren't allowed to go. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, again, you know, our conditions were, like some of the worst and like the the first two months that i worked there i got strep throat the flu three ear infections and pink eye oh my god so this is like a house of like fucking plague too well but i mean again i like i didn't have um i didn't have health insurance so yeah you know yeah yeah, it it was not great um so yeah i I mean again this would not and we didn't you don't have sick leave you don't have pto Mm mm-hmm you don't have you don't have an HR you get fucked. Not that not that HR fucking helps even in other businesses anyway, but no, there's no proof so, there. Mm-hmm. Are y'all considered independent contractors then? Or but, and like there's like no proof. They don't even file like anything. They just take a picture of your driver's license. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then you just <sighs> So I like think I remember filling out paperwork. Yeah, so this kind of makes me think, because I know there's been quite a bit of debate about whether sex work should be legalized, as in, you know, like a regulated industry, or if it should be decriminalized. Yes. And it's been a while since I've heard, you know, both sides of that argument, but I was kind of curious, because you're talking about, like, working conditions here. I'm really curious what your thoughts are on that. What is, what's the difference between the two? Uh, I think... Yeah, you'll go ahead. Oh. No, you go ahead. No, you're the expert. I don't know shit. No, I'm talking about what's the difference between legalized versus decriminalized. I think with legal, you run the risk of having it sort of, (laughs) you can corporatize it and everything with decriminalizing means like, I'm not going to be able to articulate that. You go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, Right. So you know like how alcohol is legal, but it's like very regulated and all that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the benefits of that is, you know, making sure there's like legal protections for sex workers and so on and so forth. Okay. But but one of the issues that, you know, Eden just brought up uh, was that, you know, that can also come into that can cause some other problems as well for sex workers. Um, however, decriminalization and this is kind of like maybe not the best one for one example here. But, you know, how like in some places, you know, marijuana is decriminalized, but maybe not actually legalized where you, you cannot go to jail for possession or consumption of marijuana. Right. Right. Okay. right. It's kind of like a more how do I say this? You know, it's not as like corporatized, you know, we'll look the other way. No, I mean, there's that. But gosh, it's been so long since i've had to actually listen or look up the difference between the two but essentially is that yeah the state essentially looks away 
Um, there's not really any legal regulations built around, you know, like sex work in that instance. Whereas if it's legalized, then, you know, that's where you get into more like legal regulations and so on and so forth. Oh, I see a huge problem with decriminalization, though, because if it's not regulized, we got laissez-faire, anything goes. Frank Sinatra, Cole Porter blows, you know what I'm saying? I don't like that. I don't know, though, because if you legalize it, I do think that you, I, I don't know. I just worry. I feel like uh, you run the risk of um, more restrictions, in my opinion. I think with decriminalizing you, there are fewer restrictions. And I, I hear what you're saying um, with the whole anything goes things. But I think, I mean... I look at it with like the marijuana industry, right? Like if you look at the marijuana industry, for example, you're going to fuck so many people with like um, corporate takeover. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're going to oh, yeah. growers, you're going to, and especially <laughs> like, I mean, they've already <laughs> fucked, they've already fucked like, like literally, I mean, so many people of color have already been thrown into prison. I mean, like, and they haven't even addressed that issue, right? Um, yeah. So I'm actually I mean, looking at a website right now, and it it kind of leans towards, you know, decriminalizing sex work. Yeah. And it kind of, like, you know, explains, you know, the key differences, right? So if sex work, for example, is legalized, you know, you have your sets of laws and codes, regulations specific to the sex industry, and people... And more, oh, like go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think more people are going to end up incarcerated with legalization. Yeah, because gonna, then yeah. people who buy or sell outside of whatever they exactly. re- legalize, then right. become, yeah, because then when it's legalized too, you know, it ends up kind of being, you know, like how reproductive health care is, right? You know, you can institute all these like bullshit regulations and mandates to actually oh, inhibit okay. and harm, you know, everyone who is using that service and the ones who are providing that service, right? So decriminalization yeah. basically means you cannot, you know, be charged with a crime for, you know, anything related to sex work, even though there's still laws against trafficking, rape, sexual violence, yeah. minors, so on and so forth. So like brothels. Well, oh yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Say and also if the if the more right side of the political spectrum, more right wing people get ahead of the legalization thing, exactly. they can make the laws yeah. so draconian or yes. yeah, so draconian that anything would be criminal. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, and with decriminalize, it's just allowing us to have our rights, to have our you know, to be able to practice in the way that again, just labor as workers. Um, without, you know, being incarcerated. Because, like, I'll give you an example. If you are in a Texas strip club and you're in a certain county and the cops come in and you are literally giving a normal lap dance, they will take you to, to jail and you're a registered <laughs> sex offender forever. What? It's a strip. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're they? not wearing a double line tee back and they check your underwear, which, by the way, a cop can come up to you and say, show me your fucking underwear. And you pull your, which means they're looking at your vagina. Um, oh. And you're, you pull your underwear out and it's not a, a regulation double line tee back. You go to jail. You go oh. to trial for your double line tee back. I mean, excuse me, you're a, a registered sex offender at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just, to me, this is it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Not, not to mention people who are doing full service, which I think is fine. Like, you should be able to because of SESTA-FOSTA-SESA and all these other shits. Like, 
I know they've allegedly tried to scale back on, but based on the way it is, I mean, everybody's going to jail. Yeah. So, so it looks like the case for decriminalization would actually be much, much better than. Yeah. According to this website that you got. Um, makes a good fucking argument. It, it is. And I mean, that's usually why when I repost, I repost about decrim and people are like, well, why not legalize? And I'm like, because then we would all be in jail. Yeah. And sorry for not being able to articulate earlier. My brain has been very poopies. Dude, if, <laughs> if you listen to any of our fucking episodes, you know, like how many fucking word vomits I go into that, like, I have to edit out to kind of make any coherent sense. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's terrible. Like, aud- editing audio has made me, like, realized how shitty I am when it comes to actually speaking. Because I use terms, you know, well, like, like, um, so, like, so many fucking times that I have to, like, delete myself saying it otherwise you know it's literally <laughs> me going like like um so like yeah You're like so like so yeah like you yeah should, i mean <laughs> that's my speech pattern usually which is great because of what i do for a living it drives me especially f- if i'm in a courtroom <laughs> it drives me fucking nuts but yeah this is uh i kind of want to like take a bit of like a left turn here you know, because we are kind of running up on our time a bit. So I, I do, because, you know, on this podcast, we do kind of focus on things, you know, about like faith and religion and so on and so forth. Not yeah. all the time. But because, you know, our latest series has been mostly to do, you know, with things related to Judaism. So oh. I was kind of curious, you know, providing a Jewish perspective because I know there's like never in any kind of religious background, there's never any like, strictly one you know perspective on it right like christians for example can have like a hundred different fucking opinions about sex work right but they might have like a few things that they agree upon but come to completely different conclusions so from your perspective you know what would be like the jewish take regarding sex work so that's a hard one um because there's so many different sects of judaism and i fall under more of a radical you know anti-zionist perspective of judaism which is totally fine with sex work but i think that mine is a fairly new i i would say more recent form Mm -hmm. um i think reconstructionist feminist jews um anti-zionist jews are okay with it but i also think that if you look at orthodox and conservative jews um orthodox jews especially absolutely not oh Um, yeah but I mean, like, they're rare and they're a minority, right? Because they're a super-duper minority. Um, I would say reform, reconstructionist, feminist, um, and, like, Jews that are kind of, like, coming up that are more, um, you know, more leftist are totally fine with it. We're also pro-abortion. Um, I mean, we're actually all about abortion. Um, and I think take more of a feminist approach to things. So I think we're okay with sex work. I've met a lot of Jews, um, not a lot, but I've met quite a few um, as a sex worker. Um, one of the, actually one of my closest friends in Wisconsin, unfortunately she took her own life, but was mm. a Jewish stripper, um, mm. was an amazing person. So I will say, um, you know, I can't really, because we're not a monolith, you know, and in fact, right now, I would say Judaism is going through sort of an existential crisis um, hmm. and having to reckon with the 
the horrific nature and influence of Zionism right now, and 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 really having to to take a look at um, Israel and and the influence of of Zionism in the last you know hundred years and probably longer. Um, and so I I think that we're we're shifting in a lot of ways, and I think you know there are so many. I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't know how to really answer that. I think for me personally, and, and for many of the Jews I know, sex work is fine. But I think for older Jews and more conservative Jews, I, I don't really know how to answer that. Yeah. Because I know if my Bobby was still alive, she would have sat Shiva for me like 65 times over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's because, you know, but then again, like, for example, I just did a, some DNA testing on myself and like, I'm finding out shit about my family that I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that part of my family was probably Muslim. Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know that was probably like a super complicated, open-ended question, but I think that's still a really good, helpful answer that you gave. So I appreciate yeah. that. Sorry. No, it wasn't like, I mean, we're just, we're, we're an interesting. I mean, my dad, and to be perfectly honest with you, before my father died, I did tell him. Um, I also came out to him. I came out to him 10 years before I came out to my mom. Mm-hmm. So, um, as you know, queer. Um, but I, I mean, I, I told him I was a stripper and he was fine. And my dad was, was, uh, raised from, which is ultra conservative, like Orthodox. Oh yeah. So, and he was like, okay, cool. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> one thing Whereas I, his, oh, go ahead. I was going to say one thing I love about Judaism is that, you know, Usually when it wants to like really stress the ideology, they, they are willing to use ultra for like whatever, right? Ultra conservative, ultra orthodox, ultra ultra. Oh yeah, ultra, we do do that. We do. Ultra very... super ultimate orthodox. Ultra, ultra kosher. No, um, I mean, I'm still kosher. I. But I mean, are you I ultra kosher is what I want to know. I am actually. When people eat bottom feeders around me, I'll tell them you, you eat in some cockroach of the sea. Um, <laughs> not hold back. I'm like, oh, yeah. y'all fine. Um, no, I mean, we are, but we're also dying. Mm. We are. We're dying. Oh, you so. mean like declining population, right? Yeah. So is that usually from like deconversion or is it bunch of different other factors um i would say intermarrying um i i have seen a lot of jews convert which makes me sad um unless they convert to islam um sorry (laughs) um but you know because i think i feel like muslims are our brothers and sisters and i just i i just i personally find islam to be so beautiful um but you know there's a lot of agree to that yeah it's oh god a beautiful religion um i do i think we have a lot of conversion and a lot of intermarriage and a lot of us are very secular um i know you know we're different in that we're an ethno religion we are an ethnicity so you don't ever mm. really like we are an ethnicity but we're like even if you convert you're still jewish which i think people forget it's not like i mean like when you take your dna it's going to be like jew um mm. But it it is interesting. And I also think people who are really turned off by Israel tend to reject their faith. I mean, I don't because I'm anti-Zionist and I think that you can still be Jewish and radical and be anti-Zionist, right? Like you can, I, I'm part of an anti-Zionist synagogue, so it's cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, people don't want to be part of an apartheid state, right? Yeah. 
It is kind of cringe. It's doing, super cringe. Doing an apartheid is pretty cringe, actually. Yeah, I mean, not that the rest of this country doesn't yeah. support apartheid every day, but, you and know. I'm not, and I'm not saying, you know, people who live in Israel are cringe. I'm just saying doing an apartheid is kind of cringe. But No, I would say that people who live in Israel that are not doing anything right now are super fucking cringe. Oh, really? I oh, mean, man, that reminds me. Just today, I, I was watching Al Jazeera Live, their news coverage, and a uh, 16-year-old boy was killed today by yeah. authorities. Mm-hmm. Three teenagers. Stinian boy. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I did hear about that, too. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm like, I'm sorry, but if you're in Israel and you're not completely outraged, I, I have to say you're pretty cringy. Mm. Yeah, I, is it kind of like over here in the states where um young black males are being killed or not even young black males but just black males in general are being killed by the police at disproportionate numbers yeah mm-hmm. mm. okay. i feel like if you're not outraged by any of that regardless of where you're living mm. you are really just gross yeah, like if you know if it's going on too, you know, let's you're let's unless you're living literally in a fucking cave or under a rock or whatever, and you're totally aware about that, and you're like, yeah, I don't give a shit, then um, wow. yeah, that is pretty fucking cringe, actually. You should Hell maybe yeah. not be that way. Maybe you should care actually about what's going on in your own fucking country, especially done with your fucking tax dollars too. Well, that's the funny thing, and there's also the deadly exchange that our police force is trained by the oh. Iowa. Yeah, like there's huge i mean that's and and they use the same torture tactics and we see it in the death of young black males in this country and of course in the torture and detention of children in israel same shit and they train each other we saw it with with st louis police with with chicago pd with nypd and we're bringing back fucking stop and frisk thank you eric adams mm-hmm. <laughs> jesus fucking christ that's, sorry i i just i can't yeah but, no, yeah, this, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, he, he's <laughs> like, and 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 what did we see in our in our um, state of the union? Not defund the police, but fund the police and inflating our crime statistics. Like, go fuck yourself, Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, means that more sex workers will be detained and thrown in jail. Mm. Yay, liberalism! Woo. Oh, and raped by police. I just want to bring this point up really quickly. Oh yeah. We are sexually harassed and raped by police and nobody gives a fuck. And again, when the left does all this swirky bullshit, it means that our um, sexual assaults and rapes by law enforcement don't matter. So again, fuck yourself, Swerfs. Um, because again, the carceral state includes the um, the beating, rape, all the things by law enforcement. And believe me, when we were raided um, by police, that was one of the most disgusting experiences I've ever had with law enforcement, was having a flashlight shown, shown down a fucking thong oh, them mm. to be able to look at my vagina without my consent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, that was nothing compared to what some of my um, coworkers have experienced, because also the one time in, in five, or excuse me, four and a half or five years that I, I was followed home and I made the mistake of calling the police, they blamed me for it. Um, and my, co- we were all followed home by the same guy. He kept switching his license plate. Um, my coworker carried and she was thrown in jail for carrying mm. for defending herself. This is, sounds to me like the Stonewall type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, With that was, wow. oh, I'm sorry. Those were sex workers. Marsha P. Mm-hmm. That oh, led Stone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wasn't there also like another one before Stonewall that is kind of like not as well super known, but yeah. it was also sex workers. I 
can't remember the name of the place. Oh, I heard about one in Australia. Um, well, the one I'm thinking was, in, it's it's still in the United States, was the one I was thinking of. I just don't remember the name of the no, talking place. about. Yes, it was. Yeah. So, hey, there's another thing, too. Sex workers basically pioneering, like, LGBTQ activism. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then, of course, get erased from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. yeah. It's sort of like the first march on Washington. <laughs> Got erased from history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah, my mind is blown. I don't know about y'all, but like that's something. I I went into this literally. I didn't not knowing one thing, and the more I know, the more I'm re- I realize what else don't I know? It's humbling, isn't it? It's very humbling. It's very uh, oh oh man. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm all been... man today. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely try to put some folks for you to follow that are really amazing, doing some great work. There's the Portland Stripper Strike, the Haymarket Pole Collective, um, Stroll PDX, who um, they're all doing some great work. Um, Onyx, um, I think it's Onyx Black 420. She's doing amazing shows, also starting trying to start legislation for, um, for California against the racism in clubs. Um, and then I, it's oh my god I can't remember her handle but she's amazing she's the one who's like doing lectures at Ivy League schools um, to try to get people to understand things um, so I'm going to put all of their info and in. I need to get all their posts and then a couple books for you hell yeah mm-hmm. I've got that one pulled up on Amazon right now revolting prostitutes yes and then I ordered We Too um, I haven't read it yet um, and then there's some great stuff too. Like if, if any book that's on, um, you know, abolition is going to include some stuff about sex workers. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. I just realized there's a double, I just realized there's a double meaning in the word revolting. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. You caught it? I just caught that with my slow butt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you caught it at all. Good job. <laughs> I was thinking, wait a minute, revolting. Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, but uh, yeah. yeah. And also, if you ever know a sex worker, never out them. Mm-hmm. But that's common. I mean, like y'all know that. Yeah. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who is he? I don't know. Who you mean eating from the Bible? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But yes, <laughs> from the Bible. The that Bible. There was a woman named Eden in the Bible. That's yes. Me. Her name was Gaia in Greek mythology. She was in perpetual union and copulation with the sky. She was also in God of War. Was she in perpetual copulation? No, she was like trying to kill Zeus and she was like secretly manipulating Kratos, the main character of the game, to kill Zeus. And then she tries a good story. And then they, you know, there's a scene where you actually have to kill Gaia because she's trying to kill you. I love how I just made that whole thing from like sex work to video games in like a matter of like a minute. Maybe there should be, there's probably is a, well, I'm sure there's tons of Twitch where there's like sex workers just playing video games. Yeah, actually, I can recommend you one. Um, me and Martin both actually watch her content frequently because she makes video essays on YouTube called Intellectual Media. Oh, oh she's a little sex worker? Yeah. Oh. I want to know. Yeah, I can, I'll definitely like plug 
her Twitch channel and her YouTube channel. Yeah, I was channel. watching her uh, 1980s Ronald Reagan foreign policy, early 80s. She's fucking awesome. Ooh. OSU alumni, too. Yes, I like her. She's fucking amazing. Yeah, but, I definitely want to follow her. But yeah, I think this is probably a good point to wrap up. So thank you for like sharing all these like stories and this, you know, very intimate stuff. I know like a lot of that stuff is like probably hard to talk about after like a little while. So I definitely appreciate it. And I'm sure Martin does too. It's been extremely, extremely, extremely informative as well. Well, I appreciate both of you so much and I love your podcast. Aw. <laughs> well, we also appreciate our listeners who can follow us on Twitter at Ministry Modus, or they can reach us out at by email at martinandcornbread at gmail.com. All one word, martinandcornbread at gmail.com. And like I said, follow us on Twitter for all the updates and juicy takes and resources that I'm going to post after this episode is done. And follow us on YouTube, too, because we are also on YouTube as well, Ministry Modus. I just uploaded one of our latest episodes, episode 37. So make sure you catch that. We're going to upload this one in the future, too. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. <laughs> We're going to change our name, too, sometime. Yeah, because when we kind of came up with this name, it, you know, we were kind of originally talking mm. about, like, corporate megachurches and shit. And since, you know, we've kind of, like, <laughs> developed this whole fucking... Uh, like, some of our earliest episodes were about Mormonism, um, <laughs> Rock City. Like, the guy who runs it is a total chud. And he, uh, we remember vividly because we, uh, when I was working at Walmart with Martin, I'd be like listening. I would kind of like play some of the sermons because he's not a really, he's an interesting guy who says very interesting things like how Congress was basically trying to pass legislation to create a genderless society. Um, it was great. I One of those. Yeah, it was also a guy who would post on, he used to, when his Twitter was not, you know, like, privated, um, he would post about how he wished there would be more, like, fighting in the NBA and shit, because he thought it was making the players <laughs> soft by not letting them fight. You know, That's you know the, the things that, you know, a Christian pastor, you know, a, a Christian, a guy who likes Jesus a lot, and would probably want to emulate Jesus. You remember when Jesus was like, yo, I think the NFL and the NBA are making players like total pussies by not letting them fight each other? Yeah, do you remember that part in the Bible where Jesus says that? I, I sure do. Yeah, y'all know where to find us now. You can find us on Twitter, Ministry Modus, YouTube, Ministry Modus. You know our email, it's full of spam from Reddit mostly, that I'm never gonna read, but in the X church, I still sometimes get, like, emails from them because I signed up for an event using our podcast email and they didn't know it was a fake name because I <laughs> made, like, a purposely stupid fake name. So, no, I still get emails from that particular church. But thanks again for coming on again. This was super, super fun. And feel free to come back on anytime you want to talk about other stuff. This was awesome. I appreciate both of you. Y'all are the best. Yay. Yay. All right, Martin. You got a rhyme to conclude this episode with? About a story. Tell us a story. Tell us a story. All right, so here's a story about Alaska Joe and Molly Holly. No, damn it. Not Molly Holly. That's an actual person. Alaska Joe and Molly Molly. 
Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So one day, Alaska Joe goes up to the moon and says, Hey, moon, do you have a treat for me? Molly Molly says, No, I don't. When did you come into the story? And after that, my story got blown up and now I'm done. Damn it. I don't have a good story like with Blendo Pardo the other day. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, um, no coding raps. That's okay. Man, no, I don't have one today. <laughs> it's okay. Gosh, darn it. You're going to have to edit that out because I look like a moron now. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Toodles. Bye.